The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The fog of war. That's what a retired serviceman dubbed it as he was conversing with his civilian friend who was describing his feelings and his state of mind after recent events. There is a fog to war in the General's Command Center amidst the battlefield's fray and sometimes even in civilian life cacophonies of noise, visual eruptions, and an overload of information to be processed right away. Rare are those who cut through the fog, who see past the flashes and hear beyond the noise, who are calm and who, with a singular and internal clarity, know the right course of action and take it. Though their boots stand alongside the others, they soldier in a secret place. It's something like this that Jesus means to open. It's where he means to take us a secret place, a secret place where the heart stands before God, 
quiet, undivided, clear. Notice how Jesus, Jesus describes the Father as being both in heaven and in secret. Notice how Jesus beckons us to interiority and a certain secrecy. Jesus, you see, is out to free your heart to a unified inner life with God. That's going to take some doing. It's not just that we lack undisturbed inner composure. It's that we might lack any inner life at all. What place in your life remains secret? I don't mean your sin, whose proper place is not the secrecy of guilt, but the seal of private confession. I mean, what's in your heart that is so deep, beautiful, wondrous, and true that you couldn't really post it or tweet it Put it on your bumper or share it with a simple photo? What part of you can't be seen, observed, monitored, censored? Or from another direction, what part of your life is not simply a response to external stimuli and the obligations of your given situation? Is there some part of you that is more than the fulfilling of your work orders, answering emails, paying your bills, and washing the dishes? And if that part of you does exist, is it definitively the most important part? If we examined ourselves, would we even find an inner life? an inner life with a singular highest prize and asset. Call it a treasure. Jesus indicates a threefold path to this secret place where a united heart stands before God. It is a path of privation in relation to others, in relation to God, and in relation to ourselves. And the privations of this threefold path, giving to the needy, prayer, and fasting, the classic disciplines of Lent, they are not so much things that we do as they are things that we lose and let go. They have to do with things falling away, and as they fall away, they have to do with noise diminishing and clarity increasing and with us rediscovering with fresh singularity that something is taking place. When we give to the needy, secretly, we are deprived of theirs and others' gratitude. We lose 
recognition by others as a motivation for our actions. And so we also come to experience virtue that stands above what is signaled. Virtue that can act quietly, even without external support. And praying privately is not foremost about what we say, but about learning to listen. In private prayer, we are most often deprived of words about God. The din and the noise of the religious chatter mill to which we contribute are replaced by the whisper of clear, intimate words from God and back to God. In private prayer, we experience a renewal of the creator-creature relationship where God speaks first and we respond in like fashion. And fasting is self-privation in which ourselves get rediscovered. In fasting, we are deprived of things that we like, to which we are drawn, sometimes rather irresistibly and compulsively drawn. So in fasting, we are liberated from things that control us. We see our motivations in clearer relief. We trade in being consumed for being composed. So you see, when we lend a hand without being concerned about a pat on the back, then we are free in relation to others. And when we listen to God and communicate with God, without having to prop up some sort of discourse about God, then we are free in relation to God. And when we forego consumption and refuse to be compelled and consumed, then we are free in relation to ourselves. The medieval Dominican Catherine of Siena who spent a good deal of time in her private cell in the monastery, was also wont to speak of a cell of the heart, a secret place where one could always be and dwell in safety with God. Almsgiving, prayer, and fasting mark out a threefold path to a secret place where noise falls away, where fragmentation and distraction are checked, and where a more unified heart stands in the presence of God. This secret place, which is next door to and offers a few glimpses of heaven, is a place of faith. For faith has to do with how God sees us even when no one else does. And faith listens to God 
and is always the proper response to all his words. And faith knows that human beings do not live by Mars bars, exercise, or Netflix binging alone. Faith follows Jesus. Jesus, who with total and singular clarity saw through the great fog of our human conflict and made straightway for the cross and thereby opened a new place for the human heart in the presence of God. In the holy name of Jesus.